Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and I'm on your way, go. We in Baden Airways. Cool! Yes, y'all, welcome to Cool Radio. Once again, this is your man, DM Cool. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways right now. And coming up at around the 8.45 mark, I got my man 40 in the building. No, not Drake 40. I'm talking about Toronto 40, man. He's coming through in the studio in a minute. He's going to talk about some new music that he's got going on, uh, how he opened up for TI a couple weeks back, and a whole lot of other things. But before we get to all that, man, I got to get some stuff off my chest, man. Y'all already know how I do at the beginning of the show. I got to get out my weekly grievances so on that note i think it's time to uh let that is breathe let this bitch breathe yeah so i'm gonna jump right into it man you guys already know i'm a basketball fan ball is life diehard ball fan and all that good stuff so i really gotta give my take in what's happened with this charles oakley situation so, in case you don't even know what's happening, so NBA, I wouldn't say NBA legend, but I would say New York Knicks legend Charles Oakley was uh, seen at a game getting quite physical with some of the security members at Madison Square Garden. Now, a lot of people are wondering what's happening and why people are pushing and shoving each other, but all that happened basically, as far as what the public was able to see, was the fact that about seven security guards crowded around him, and then they proceeded to put his hands on them. And then he proceeded to push back, literally mush somebody in their head, and then shove somebody, and then they all tackled him down at once, and they basically dragged him out of the building. Now, we're all wondering, why would you do that to Charles Oakley, of all people? And a lot of people are speculating that, you know, James Dolan, the owner of Madison Square Garden, the owner of the Knicks, basically had him kicked out for some petty reasons. Now, the New York Knicks PR team put out a statement, and the statement was very loaded. But the last two lines of the statement are what have people very upset. So the last things that they said in that statement were, quote-unquote, Oakley was a great Nick. I hope he gets the help that he deserves. I'm paraphrasing, mind you. But basically, saying that he hopes he gets helped insinuates that he's somewhat of an alcoholic or he has mental, mental stress issues or something of that sort. And Oakley has never had you know, a public display of any of those things before ever in his NBA career on the court or off the court. He may have had a few off-court confrontations, like when he slapped Charles Barkley in the face at a CBA meeting, but beyond that, he hasn't had anything uh, that would be in the vein of any type of infractions with the law. Everyone knows that Charles Oakley was a hard-nosed, tough-minded individual when he was on the court. He was like the NHL equivalent to... An enforcer on the NBA court. So if somebody needed a little stiff arm when they were trying to drive into the paint, into the paint, that was Oakley. He was the enforcer for for Patrick Ewing. He was the enforcer for Michael Jordan. Hell, even in his later years, he was the enforcer for Vince Carter and T Mac when he was on the Raptors. So a lot of New York fans are upset 
Not only because of that, but just because of all the turmoil that has basically surrounded this entire Knicks franchise. And a lot of the players, current players in today's NBA, are very upset with what happened. LeBron James voiced out his displeasure, so did Chris Paul. Hell, Doc Rivers, the coach of the LA Clippers, who was uh, who was basically coaching last night when they were in the garden, the look on his face said it all. Like he kind of had his face like, ooh, you don't want to mess with that guy. Like, not him of all people. You don't want to do it with him. Now Everyone is arguing about who is in the right and who is in the wrong. Now, as far as who is in the right and who is in the wrong, it's a little bit of both if I got to be objective. So the Knicks were wrong for sending seven people to escort one man out of the building. I don't care if the man is 6'9", 250. I don't care. It doesn't take seven people to escort one person out of the building unless if that person was already being belligerent to begin with. Now, as far as Oakley being in the wrong... I don't think he should have put his hands on people that way. Mind you, they put his hands on him first, but the way he went about it and, you know, mushing somebody in the head and shutting them back down where they almost fell into the stance, not the best move to make, Oakley, I'm just saying. But beyond that, I think it was a poor way of handling things because at the end of the day, allegedly, uh, Charles Oakley says something constructive about the Knicks and how they need to do better. James Dolan being the Knicks owner, doesn't want to hear any of that back talk. So apparently, he, the moment he saw Charles Oakley uh, in the stands, he wanted him out of there. And unfortunately, he has the power to do that because he owns Madison Square Garden. And if that's the case, I think that's a petty move to make, especially if you have a disagreement with somebody. If you have a disagreement with somebody, the, best, the most he could have done was take Charles to the side for a second and just talk it out, even beforehand. And another thing that has people a lot uh, a lot of people pissed off is the fact that the Knicks are doing their 70-year anniversary call-out. So basically uh, honoring all the players who have played for the Knicks within its 70-year history. So guys like Willis Reed, uh, uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, Patrick Ewing, you name it. But, but for whatever reason, Oakley was not part of that. I mean, this guy can't even get, like, free courtside seats. He has to pay for those tickets. And this is someone who has, who made the Knicks what they were back in the mid-'90s, a tough-nosed, hard-minded defensive team that could have taken it all. And, and, and if they hadn't bumped into the wall that was Michael Jordan or the wall that was Hakeem Olajuwon back in 1994. So... There's a lot of upset New York fans, and they have every reason to be upset, not only because of this, but just because of everything that's taking place in general, just this year alone. I mean, think about it like this. Derrick Rose had an APB on him for like a day because no one knew where he went, and then you have Phil Jackson calling out his star player, Carmelo Anthony, in front of the public, especially a couple of days uh, after when uh, he basically agreed with the, with the writer on Bleach Report saying that... Carmelo Anthony doesn't put the work in. What does that say to your team? What does that say to pending free agents who are considering playing for New York, but then they realize that the president of the team doesn't even value its star player? So what are they going to think of their, you know, last man off the bench, basically? So these are a lot of concerns that a lot of players have, you know, coming to New York, whether they're looking to get signed on a contract or to be traded to the team. Nobody wants to deal with that. And then now you have this, and this just adds insult to injury. I mean, this is almost a bit of a distraction of what's currently happening with the Knicks as a team, but the Knicks as an organization, this basically puts an unnecessary spotlight on them. And this is something that doesn't need to be happening. And this is just an indication that this team needs to fix up real quick. I mean, look at Chris Stapp's Porzingis. He, that is the player that you want to build around. And he sees all this chaos and turmoil happening. This is like 
a child uh, being in a dysfunctional family where the mother and father are always arguing all the time. He doesn't need to be a part of that. That's going to stunt his growth. This guy's averaging a cool 17, 18 points a game. He doesn't need that. This whole franchise, not even just a roster, but the entire the entire organization needs a teardown. Get a new coach. Get a new owner because Phil Jackson ain't doing shit for them right now. Get a new owner for Madison Square Garden because James Dolan has been tearing this franchise down for the last 10 to 12 years. There was a time when the New York Knicks were revered. When you said the Knicks were playing against somebody, you shook yourself. That's why when the Raptors beat the Knicks in 2001 in the playoffs, we felt nice. We had to feel nice. Those are the Knicks we're talking about. Coached by Jeff Van Gundy at the time. So... A lot of things need to happen for this for this team to be prominent in the eyes of the NBA again, especially with it being one of the more major marketed teams because this puts a black guy in the NBA in some sense. This isn't Malice at the Palace type of black guy, but this is a black guy that may last for about a week or so, but it's just adding all the insults to whatever injury is, has already taken place with this franchise. Sometimes, you know, I kind of roast the Knicks in saying how dysfunctional they are, how much they suck, how Carmelo and Anthony's overrated and what have you. But in this scenario, it's like, for me to roast the Knicks at this point in time, it'd be like poking a dead dog. Like, there's nothing you're going to get out of it. So I'm not even going to roast the Knicks for a while because they already have enough issues on their hands as it currently stands. So to all you metal fans, I'm giving you a pass for the remainder of the season. But the Knicks need to fix up real quick. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Cut me up after commercial break. I got my man 40 in the building. We're going to talk about music and all that good stuff. But before we do all that, man, we got to get to some music. So I figured let's calm things down a little bit and let's kind of take some subliminal shots at the false prophet that is James Dolan and Phil Jackson. And speaking of which, let's play some false prophets by J. Cole. Only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop Like us on Facebook Yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show Once again, it is your man DM Cool And welcome back to Cool Radio Now, as promised, we have my guest for the evening Now, this young man right here I've known this guy for about four or five years roughly And I've seen his, his Six, growth seven. Seven, Probably, something like that long. Yeah, nonetheless, yeah. I've seen the growth I've seen the improvement yeah. And he went from freestyle battle rapper To, you know, legitimate songwriter And, and song performer as well and his his growth has you know it's been so evident to the point where he has now been opening for mainstream rappers such as ti to name a few so with that being said i'm very uh happy and honored uh to uh introduce to you my next guest in the building he goes by the name of 40 40 welcome to the show thank you for having me my man it's a pleasure to be here yeah yeah you know like i said man it's been a minute man so it's great to kick it again Mm -hmm. when came a long way from just rhyming in basement studios and now we're in a legit office studio yeah yeah so came a long way exactly man that's that's what that's what you get with hard work right (laughs) most definitely that and persistence exactly man so let's get into it man uh when did you you know fall in love with hip-hop the first time see Initially, mm-hmm. I started off like my dad was born in 1955, so he grew up during the whole flower child hippie stuff. Yeah, my mom was, yeah, yeah, all that good stuff. He his his favorite artist, who actually unfortunately recently passed away last year, David Bowie. So he had me listening to a, a wide variety of different genres. It was my mother who listened to the most hip hop growing up, and the hip hop she listened to was all the 80s classics. Mm-hmm. Your uh, Beastie Boys, Run DMCs, mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane a little bit, mm-hmm. some salt and pepper here and there. So mm-hmm. I grew up loving 80s hip-hop. Yeah. It wasn't until I got into high school 
around, I say, the age of 13 and 14, where I really developed the love for, I guess, the more contemporary hip-hop and some mm-hmm. of the 90s golden era stuff that mm-hmm. boom in the back. But, and then in the high school, it progressed from me being a rocker, metalhead, to uh, just wanting to expand my horizons. I always thought of music as like a buffet line. You don't go to a buffet and just eat one thing at the buffet yeah. line. You got to try it all before you settle on what you want your dish to be. So with music, I want to try the whole buffet line before yeah. I settle on what's going to be my go-to meal, right? Exactly. And it's pretty much been rap and rock. Exactly. That I'm going I'm to use that buffet line still because I'm a man that loves food. So I get, Food I and get, music. They, ex- it's the best things in life. Of course, of course, man. So let's keep it moving man um as you're getting into hip-hop like you like you just mentioned how your your mom and your dad had musical influence but who are your personal influences when you decided to get into hip-hop um my as far as artists that influenced me artists yeah yeah yeah. um artists that really influenced me when i got into hip-hop naturally like i'm a white rapper so Mm -hmm. eminem was definitely one of them yeah um growing up I always liked Tupac. Mm-hmm. Tupac always, and it was some, it was the charisma about him, mm-hmm. um, and even where you, you could feel his intensity in his music. Mm-hmm. You where you didn't just hear what he was saying; you felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked musically. Kanye influenced me mm-hmm. lyrically, not so much, but musically yeah. as a producer. Yeah. A lot of like graduation was a seminal oh, album for me. My in high personal school. favorite. De- my personal favorite Kanye mm-hmm. album is Graduation, and I think I was in about grade 10 when that came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- my formative years in high school was spent jamming out to Graduation and just listening to that album front to back. Yeah. And sonically, like, I never heard anything like that. Exactly. So, musically, Kanye influences me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, lyrically, uh, more so New York and Midwest mm-hmm. being... Um, some Bone Thugs and yeah. uh, the Detroit scene for the Midwest rappers. Mm-hmm. But mostly East Coast rappers, like, I love Big L. Mm-hmm. Big L is the man. Mm-hmm. I think if there's one MC from my youth that really influenced me, I'd say is Big L. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, Jay-Z and Nas. But mm-hmm. Big L... I got shout out to my homie Stu Anderson. He's the guy that got me onto Royce the Five Nine. Okay. Royce, I actually that was the last rap show I attended. Mm-hmm. Was a Royce the Five Nine show. Yeah. And that was dope. Okay. And then. So like Slaughterhouse. Yeah. Pretty much aftermath, and like, uh, I'd say that whole East Coast mm-hmm. movement. That's what lyrically influenced me. I'm all over the place. I, yeah. Anybody. The that, buffet line is just vast right exactly, now. Exactly. <laughs> right now the buffet line is. Yeah. Limitless, it's infinite right yeah. now. I just got so many things to try. That's what's up, man. It's funny you mentioned uh, Kanye, uh, how you listened to graduation in tw- in, um, in grade ten, actually. Yeah. Um, when graduation came out, that was my first year of college, so that's nice. what really got me into that. Mm-hmm. And ironically, it's called graduation. Yeah, I'm going into yeah. into college, but I guess graduation for me going um, graduate from high school. Yeah. But grade ten for me, it was college dropout. Like yeah. that was that was my taste of something different because at the time. You had this rapper who was kind of like a backpacker, so to speak, and he had so much mainstream attention. You haven't really seen that since... I would say a Will Smith at yeah. the time, so that's uh, no. It's kind of funny that the, para- the 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 lines are kind of paralleled in that regard. Definitely, yeah, man. Well, let's keep it moving with some with some more stuff, man. So, like I mentioned at the uh, opening, the uh, opening sentence, um, 
you were basically like when I first met you, you were more yeah, more of like a battle rapper presence basically. Like um yeah. I would say you're more lyrically inclined to kind of like lyrically sever, you know, whatever track you're on basically. Uh, but like since since then, I feel like um musically as an artist, you've grown as a songwriter in particular. Like most you, definitely. You, like you've been, you've become a bit more disciplined in that regard. So it's a really it's a big testament to your growth. I think it's uh if anything, I think it's a young man's thing where most young men, when they want to rap, it's mm-hmm. that bravado, yeah. that why they have that battle rap. They want to assert themselves. Mm-hmm. Every every male wants to make his claim in life and assert himself and say, yeah. Yeah, this is my plot of land and I'm going to own this. Exactly. And I think that battle rap mentality is very much what a young rapper mentality is where I'm here to mm-hmm. make up myself known and assert myself as why I'm one of the alpha female or <laughs> pause <laughs> one of the alpha males in the fucking room yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh just keep it going more so than anything I uh mm-hmm. but then as I grew and matured as as a man and um experienced more life battle rapping is fun but then it it becomes redundant if all you're doing is try to just eviscerate somebody and how can you just break somebody's down. I rather, I have a friend who, he likes and appreciates battle rapping, but mm-hmm. he always saw battle rapping as too much negative energy trying to put down somebody rather mm-hmm. than uplift somebody. Yeah. And that's kind of like, and honestly, it's funny that you say you had more of the battle rap vibe for me because honestly, when I, in my youth, I started more as a party rhymer. Okay. So I, I had that battle rap. It's probably because I was watching a lot of like Smack and URL. Yeah, at the time. we all did, man. Like yeah. grind and, like, time and all that. Yeah, up, all that stuff. But more so than anything, it was the uh, it's the maturation as a human being is what got me into just wanting to expand my subject matter mm-hmm. and the different songs I want to make. Because battle rap also is a specific type of music I, I like the music that you listen to with it it's always usually an aggressive beat yeah. and an instrumental it's a different sonic mm-hmm. and i wanted to dabble in different types of sounds and genres and emotions because i always viewed music as an expression as an art form mm-hmm. and battle rapping is an art form and mm-hmm. a, a level of expression mm-hmm. but not always the art form and type of expression that i always want to utilize always mm-hmm. but one that i uh, versed in utilizing though mm-hmm. exactly um so let's keep moving with uh with what's being more conscious in today's uh generation of hip-hop which would be like online online presence basically so that's a huge staple in hip-hop nowadays so yeah. like how important uh has it been for your brand in particular uh for to have like a consistent online stream of people connecting with you and just putting yourself out uh putting yourself out there being easily accessible and um uh, having a presence online, I think, is extremely important in today's uh, music environment. I mean, hell, this week they're shutting down every HMV nationwide. Yeah, HMV's gone. That's like a chapter of my. I went into HMV this week just to c- collect and buy all the CDs I know will be next to impossible for me to get in a few years. Listen, I got a gift card for twenty five bucks. I've still yet to use it. I don't think I, I will be getting to use I it. I went into <laughs> HMV this week and I said, "Hey, I got a HMV membership." Does it still apply? Oh no, we canceled that. But yeah. like, it, and it's crazy. Like, I remember when it happened to movies in Blockbuster. Yeah, to yeah. see it happening to CDs and HMV right yeah. now. 
um, as technology progresses, uh, the different platforms and avenues to present music will change. Mm -hmm. Thus, retail stores and how you get your music to people mm -hmm. always is adapting. My father collected vinyls and my mom collected cassette decks. Mm -hmm. I collect CDs. Mm -hmm. The kid that will follow me, those things will all be archaic and ancient to him. Yeah. So that's why that online presence, going back to your question, is yeah. that much more valuable and necessary now mm -hmm. more than ever because how else do you ha get your music out to people nowadays? You can't go to a store and buy a CD anymore. Mm -hmm. So, And, you know, going back to the online presence, I feel like with music streaming nowadays, mm -hmm. it's become the norm. It's become like the new thing. It's become a bit more popular over the last couple of years with the emergence of Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Tidal, and all these other different platforms. Um, do you feel, in your opinion, that it's the best uh, alternative to illegal downloading? Um, I mean... I see. I haven't even made enough money off downloads to tell you that <laughs> it's uh, a good enough alternative. But I'm, I'm sure it is because when you know the amount of hours and passion that people invest into their music, you like to see them have a return on that investment. Mm -hmm. And you don't want anybody to feel like their life's work was robbed and left with no value mm -hmm. so um having these streaming services i think is a good alternative to illegal downloads especially because of how convenient and accessible it is all i gotta do is quickly go to the app store download spotify or apple music and immediately i have such a large catalog of music and such a vast discography of so many different genres that's cool and most of all, it's convenient and easily accessible, and I can't stress that enough, where I remember back in the day, let's say I hear a new band, but I only particularly like one song of that band. Mm -hmm. You would have to buy the whole album just to hear that one song. Exactly. Now you could just go stream that one single, save yeah. that to your phone or your playlist, mm -hmm. and could always go back to that album without having to buy a whole CD and the 10 other songs that came with that one single you wanted to hear. Exactly. So I think it's a good thing. I think so as well. I think the one thing it does is that it adds convenience to the consumer's life, basically. Most definitely. Because there's so much music out there that it's hard to funnel what funnel what you like what you don't like etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know it's kind of like the it's kind of like the alternative to illegal download in my opinion because yep. of the fact that artists are still getting paid off of streams basically they get paid off of like how many whatever streams that they make per per download or what the case may be mm -hmm. so at the end of the day you're still getting your money's worth as a consumer because you're only paying maybe 10, 15 bucks at most per month. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, that artist in question is still getting their money's worth because it's still being streamed. And at the end of the day, even like a platform like the Grammys, for example, is now counting streams as part of your nomination and that's process. that's huge for it. It's very now huge. now that they're going to be, um, find a way to quantify mm -hmm. and then award people for their streaming. Because before is how... Because I remember they used to count um, only album sales. But they wouldn't count streams. Yeah. Now they count streams. Mm -hmm. Now they award people for their streaming music. Mm -hmm. That is the industry noticing the technology changing mm -hmm. and the industry adapting to the different technology that people use to access their music. Yeah. And I think it will continue to do that. I mean, if the Grammys picks up a streaming award... Um, I could see it very realistically the next couple of years. The VMAs and mm -hmm. uh, you know um, the MMVAs here yeah. in Canada will pick up 
or I'd hope to see the Junos have that as well. Yeah, like it's you got to modernize with the times, basically. Exactly. And I feel like it puts less pressure on the artists to go gold or to go platinum because that also accounts to your sales. Like I think um, Drake had like a billion streams for for views, mm-hmm. something stupid like that. Yeah, he, which I helped. Think he was which, the first to get a billion streams. Yeah, and that helps him propel his albums like multi platinum status. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm sure that also helped with J Cole when he went double platinum off of 2014 for his last draft, but. Either way, we're going to continue with a whole bunch of other talk later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But for now, we got to get to the games portion. So around right, here at Cool it. Radio, like to play some uh, games with the guests and everything to it. get them all, you know, comfortable and uh, have the have the audience at home listen to you and, and see what kind of personality you got. Dope. So on that note, we got two games. First one is entitled Cool or Uncool. It goes right. a little something like this. Do all that guys just say is cool or uncool? Basically, yeah. Right. So you haven't even played this game. You already know the rules. But for the people at home who don't really know the rules, I'm going to break it down to them just like this. So basically, I'm going to throw some random scenarios, mm-hmm. music-related or non-music-related, and you're basically going to let me know, as you said, if they're cool or uncool. All right. And uh, feel free to elaborate as to why you think it's cool or uncool. Sounds good. All right. So that being said, first scenario on deck. And we were just talking about this, actually. It was hilarious. Um, the Grammys in general, cool or uncool? I think it's cool just to give an artist the platform to be heard by a new audience. Okay. And if there was one thing, and this is just a random question, but if there's one thing you could change about the Grammys, what would it be? Make it more accessible to independent artists. And I, I'm out of that. I'll get that. Cool. Definitely. And maybe have some sort of... They, they incorporate that streaming award, but maybe something that focuses more on th- th- those who aren't so mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I can't say I kept up enough with the Grammys and the Academy yeah. to um, the whole Grammy committee to really have an informed opinion as to how they can improve themselves. Fair enough, fair enough. It's a very uh, media-trained response, I'll say that. <laughs> I ain't mad at that, though. Um, award shows in general, cool or uncool? I think award shows are cool. Mm-hmm. I th- because I remember growing up, I love award shows more so... Um, to discover new music. Okay. And like I said, they should always, award shows should be always about the music and making that music accessible to the audience. Absolutely. And I loved award shows. I remember one of the, I loved watching the VMAs and what got me into Guns N' Roses was in 2002 when Axel came back uh, with the new lineup uh, before it's, the eight years it took to release Chinese Democracy or whatever but yeah. it was because I saw Guns N' Roses at the VMAs that got me into Guns N' Roses and the last rock concert I went to the last rap show I went to was Royce yeah, yeah. the next rock show I went to was Guns N' Roses at Skydome okay or Rogers Center but we Toronto it's yeah, yeah we say Skydome man Sky Yo, but not Rogers Center yeah we say <laughs> we say Skydome over Ooh. here man uh, but anyways let's keep it moving though let's keep it moving uh, let's see here oh Netflix shows cool or uncool Cool, bro. I, I watch Netflix. I'm a, I, but and you, you're cool with Tempest, so you know yeah, yeah. I'm a, I like some of the anime stuff too. Of course, of course. Definitely, but um, definitely I watched like I guess the last Netflix show I binge was uh, probably House of Cards. House of Cards, okay. I like the Netflix documentaries and conspiracy documentaries. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm intrigued by the conspiracy theorists. Yeah. So that on Netflix always can intrigue me. 
Exactly. I think the, sh the show that I just started watching was Stranger Things because I kept on hearing How the hype about it. So far, it's not bad. I, I kind of like it still. Like, I'm not like, oh my God, oh my God, it's so crazy. But I'm like three or four episodes in right now. So, so far, I'm pleased. I, I like it. I'm waiting on Iron Fist, though, the new Marvel series. I'm waiting on that. That's I, I love Netflix. I, I watch all my comic book stuff yeah. and superhero stuff. Always. like I, I need to finish Daredevil. I'm about halfway through the second season. I know I'm late on that one. But that's probably that's probably the best show so far. Like as far as seasons are concerned, yeah. that was the best one in my opinion. Because Punisher just tore shit up. He's the man. He's the man. <laughs> yeah, that, he, if it weren't for him, I don't know, man. But let's keep it moving though. Um, last week's Super Bowl game, cool or uncool? I think it was cool. Okay. Okay. I'll say it's cool because just to see things unprecedented, like uh, coming back from twenty-five down. Yeah. Five. Rings now, yeah. Time Montana. I got my homie Wayne in here who's going for the Falcons, booing me right now. Like, <laughs> it's all right, that's what happens, yo. Yeah. Like, and you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was going for the Falcons. I will say, yeah. I wanted the Falcons to win, but my gut always told me it was gonna be the Patriots. Yeah, no, my gut was telling me the same thing. I was like, I was impressed with Atlanta in the first yeah. half, but I'm like, watch this be like the greatest turnaround in NFL history. Quite possibly in sports history, in five years they'll make like a made-for-TV movie about it. We'll have like Brad Pitt play uh, Tom Brady. Like, yeah. trust me, man, it's, it's built for Hollywood already, man. You can't even. There, there's a script right there ready for exactly. you, basically. But anyways, let's go to the second game. This one is probably like a favorite mainstay of mine. This one is entitled "I'd Quit the Game." Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it now. In an alternate universe, you okay. are the eligible bachelor. Okay. So you're wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. But there comes a point in everyone's life where they've got to quit the game. So they got to settle down in the nice white home with the white picket fence, with a tire swing, apple pie corn on the windowsill, all that good stuff. Yeah. So if you had to quit the game for one of these two women that I've handpicked for you. Okay, let's hear these two women. Who would you quit the game for? Would you quit the game for Olivia Munn or Jessica Biel? Olivia Munn or Jessica Biel? <laughs> I might. I don't know about quit the game. I might take a break <laughs> for, for Olivia Munn. Okay, okay. Olivia Munn, I might. I might quit the game for, but I don't know about quitting. I, I, can Can I ask for a, a new hand? A new hand. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like yeah. Hand. All right then. So let me just freestyle at the top over here then. Would you quit the game for... I quit the game for uh, housewife Felicia Keys cooking me a home-cooked oh, meal. Oh, you see, Steve, we're going to fight now because that's my pick right there, man. Like, oh, man. That's my all-time crush right there. Like, Well, then you ain't quitting anytime soon. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. You know what? I'm going to give you a cool drop just for that because that, that was savage on your part, but I respect it, though. I respect the savagery. But real talk, though, I sweet chin music a man in the face if they try to get to hey, Alicia Keys. <laughs> No, that, no, I'm playing the heartbreak yeah. kid here now. Okay, okay. that's what's up. I'll give you a Triple H pedigree then. How about that? <laughs> but true that. I'm not mad at Alicia Keys, though. Like, that's a proper pick to have, yeah, right? That, that that's who i probably quit the game for. Word, um, word. Most definitely. That yeah. or, like, if, if I got to go, like, a classic oldie, like, maybe, like, a Donna Reed. Okay. Going with, like, one of the oldies, but with something a little more contemporary. Yeah. Um, Alicia Keys. And if we got to go, just a little something not too old, but I'll say... Um, 
more refined or aged, I would say <laughs> some Sade. Sade, okay. Sade. You know what? I don't think I've ever brought up Sade in, in this scenario before, but I might do this going forward. But yeah, Sade, that's that's a that's a very good uh uh blend. And <laughs> to she choose. can sing and she can send me your love is king. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, yeah. I'll th- I'll Sade think, day all day. I'll think any man would have any complaints with that. Definitely. Now between this list that I have right now, I would choose Olivia Munn because she's Right now, she's my current squeeze right all now. Right, all right, all right, Because I just, I saw her in the X-Men movie last year, and then also there was, like, this holiday movie that came out at the end of the year that I saw her in. She, 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 she nice, man. Like, no, I don't know. Definitely. Like I said, I, I'll take a break from the game, but I don't know about quit. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Not mad at that. Just a hiatus. Just a hiatus. Yeah, a, a sabbatical of sorts. <laughs> but nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, I got my man 40 in the building. And before we get to the commercial break, we're going to play one of his joints during the break. And this one is called Holla at a Player. Yeah. Um, so it's time to get funky. I really like this joint. Uh, it's so not that funkiness. It, it definitely does. See, and, that, and that's a song about a girl that... Well, a few girls that made me contemplate about quitting the game, but okay. Just I'm still in it. it. You're still <laughs> in it. I'm still in it. All right, then. All right. And on that note, we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to the show, people. There you go. The mics are on. It is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Uh, you were just grooming to the tunes of 40, and this was called Holla at a Player. So make sure you go check that out whenever it is available. It's available everywhere now on Apple Music. On, go check your iTunes, check your Spotify, mm-hmm. every, all your streaming. There you since go. we were talking about streaming there services. There you go. Perfect Thanks segue. To streaming services. We got it up. Absolutely. Play. Your boy 40. Check it up. Most definitely. And on that note, man, we're going to haul out these topics real quick with the second that we have entitled Trip Talk. So that's three topics, and we're going to get to all of them right now. And these ones are a doozy. So with that being said, uh, here we go. So first one up, man. The Grammys are this Sunday, as most of you know. Um, and, of course, you know, when it comes to the Grammys, a lot of rap fans are very critical because of either the selections or the lack of selections or if the award is or is not presented on the actual televised broadcast but nonetheless we're going to get into the six nominees that we have uh on deck right now and we're going to predict who will win that and we're going to say why they'll win that so on that note let's get to the nominees so we have chance the rapper for coloring book uh drake with views uh dj Khaled with major key kanye west the life of pablo de la soul and the anonymous nobody and then finally, we have Schoolboy Q with Blank Face LP. So, and that's for best rap album. Best rap album, yes. So, so of all those six albums, which one do you think is coming home with the gram? And as a little bonus, which one do you think personally should go home with the gram? So we'll start off with who do you think is going to win? Okay, it's the it's the same thing with uh, what we said with the Patriots and Falcons. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want, yeah, chance. But I expect uh-huh. Drake, okay, because it's Drake and he's a freaking brand and a, like a behemoth, like juggernaut of a brand that this last past freaking years you can't stop. Yeah. So I mean, like, and he's already got his one Grammy. Mm-hmm. I don't see, see no and like if we're talking singles, pop culture impact, societal impact, mm-hmm. like. Um, However, you would like to try to quantify it through mm-hmm. whatever criteria. Drake probably had the largest album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was essentially a pop album, basically. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, I I haven't listened to enough of everybody else in that category yeah. to give a proper answer because 
I think it's only fair to listen to everybody in all the nominations to yeah. say, say who is the most deserving. But of course. Um, out of what I listened to, out of everything you mentioned, personally, I'd say Chance. Okay. I, I'd like Chance in yeah. the Coloring Book because I very much thoroughly enjoyed Coloring Book. Okay. And um, like I've been a fan, like even since like Ten Days to Acid Rain and Acid Rap. Acid Rap, yeah. Well, acid, well, acid Rains, that that track on Acid Rap, mm-hmm. that song really I thought was dope, and just Acid Rap front to back, that was one of my favorite albums within the last five years yeah and or mixtape album whatever you'd like to call it yeah and then the follow-up coloring coloring book i thought was just phenomenal all right so i'm gonna say this so as far as who i think is gonna win it's gotta be drake because yeah. the man sold a he went he sold he had a billion streams yeah, like that's a, insane that number a billion streams. yeah like that's unprecedented and on top of that like you said, he's a brand. Like he's he's a household name. Everyone knows who he is. So I expect him to come home with with the Grammy. That's what I, um, yeah, for that. Drake and, is the Patriots, bro. Basically, yeah. He's the Patriots. And as far as who should win, mind you, of all these albums, I've only listened to three. No, sorry, I've listened to four out of the six albums that have come out. Um, I would say, based on the accomplishments, I would I'd probably yeah, give so. it. I'd probably no. I'd probably give it to Drake if if that's the case. Mind you, I haven't listened to J. L. Souls album. I haven't listened to Schoolboy Q's album. Um, Yeah, I feel like when it comes to the rap category, the Grammys likes to play it safe uh, as far as like who's the biggest name, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's gonna go to Drake, and I think based on the financial success of it, Mm -hmm. maybe it should go to Drake. Um, Chance would be like the next runner up, I would say, just because Kanye already has enough. Plus, yeah. we don't need to hear a rant from him. <laughs> but I'll I'll say this. I'll say this about Chance, and I think people are might look at me sideways when I say this. I think he's a good artist, mm-hmm. but I feel like some. I feel like a lot of people overhype him. I, I, feel, I feel what you're saying. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of people peg him up as like the second coming of of a Nas or, <laughs> or, or something Con, or like Kanye of a Kanye or or like a uh, a Kendrick to a certain extent. Yeah, but like I don't feel like. I don't feel like Chance has found his sound just yet. And because of that, I feel like people just need to chill out just a little bit. Because Coloring Book, I I think it was a very ambitious project. But I it, like it Acid more than Coloring Book. E- even then, like, I feel like those two projects, I feel like those people were like, oh, this is the best album of the year, this and that. I listened to both of them. I'm like, they're good, but like... They didn't give me that feeling that I was expecting based on all the hype and all on all and all the attention that people were giving it. Like 2013 is when Acid Rap came out mm-hmm. and a lot of people were calling it the mixtape of the year. For me personally, it was King Remembered in Time by Big Crit. That to me okay. was the was the was the mixtape of the year for, for for 2013. Okay. And I'm more of an East Coast guy and everyone knows that. But with with Chance, I feel like Chance. I feel like he's still trying to find a sound. I love his concepts. I love the concepts of, of, of all of his projects. His sounds are good. Like, he has a good ear for beats. I just don't like his delivery sometimes. I feel like sometimes... It, it, it's a bit... His, his a, little, a bit of a nasally voice. Yeah, it's, it's not even not even like the, the intonation, but I feel like it's a little off-kilter. Sometimes he'll slur his words purposely, mm. but then he'll sound very articulate on another record. Yeah. Like, the record that he did with Jay Electronica on this album mm-hmm. sounded very articulate. Mm-hmm. But then you listen to a record like, like Problems with like yeah. 2 Chains and Lil Wayne, he, he, he tried to make himself sound a bit more Southern. Mm. So it's just like... Maybe it's catering it, to the audience or the record. Perhaps. Maybe. I'm just it's a little into inconsistent for my liking right now. Exactly. So I'm waiting to see what he's gonna come out with in the future. But I do like the energy he brings out and I do like his, his positive messages. I like the soul feel of it. I do too, yeah. And I just like more so anything, just how it 
compared to a lot of the contemporary artists out there today, yeah, it is different. Granted, it feels like his music is like the conceptual offspring of what late registration and college dropout could have been. Like as if it, like it it's what was next in line from that, or at least you could tell that maybe that was the influence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's definitely a spawn of that era, basically. Yeah. Like how Drake is, like how Wale is. I feel, but stuff. I feel Drake is more like the direct spawn of 808s and Heartbreaks. True, true, true. You versus uh, Chance is like more late registration. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a very good comparison because you look, you listen to 808s and Heartbreaks. That's you, the you, precursor to Drake. You, you could argue that that spawns so far gone. Well, basically, w- one of the best tracks on So Far Gone, Say What's Real. Exactly. Was... Ironically enough, was off 808s and Heartbreaks. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. When I first listened to Chance, to me, he kind of reminded me of like a remix of Old Dirty Bastard, but with better content, basically. Because his style is so unorthodox. Like, you don't know how to measure it. Mm-hmm. And the re- and like I remember Raekwon said, the reason why we call them Old Dirty Bastards is because there's no father to his style. Mm-hmm. You could kind of make that similar argument to Chance, even though so many rappers have come out before him and in, in, in what have you. But still, there's no one really that sounds like Chance right now. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, because he has himself in his own box, people will automatically say, Oh, he's good, or he's great, or whatever. It's only him and Anderson Pack that give me that like funky, like soulful, gospel yeah. vibe. And I think more so that's it. It's just because I think people want to, as you say, overhype it just because they're excited about something different. Mm-hmm. And because, especially in today, where you have a lot of people who sound similar to a lot of things that are somewhat redundant and repetitive, yeah. that the first one that's willing to just say, all right, I'm going to go against the grain or just like be the fork in the road yeah. going against the stream, um, it's going to get noticed. And um, uh, I'm not one to judge how good a song is or how bad it is. All I know is just how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that this new song is, you know, it feels pretty cool mm-hmm. this, uh, because you could genuinely feel hit, um, I guess the level of passion in the music and with any artist or any music that I listen to that really resonates with me, it's, do I feel the emotion and passion of the artist really being, um, uh, portrayed in the song and in the, in that composition, does it imbue me with all the emotions and feelings that mm-hmm. you had while composing that? Yeah. Is it palpable for me as well? Yeah. And I feel like he does a good job conveying some of those things mm-hmm. versus a lot of, you know, a lot of other rappers I hear a day. Honestly, like even today, mm-hmm. like currently, I don't even listen to much rap these days. Yeah, I'm very picky about who I, who I listen to. Like but. on the way here yeah. in the car, I had what's going on, Marvin Gaye playing. Dude, I, I was bumping Marvin Gaye last week. That's like the whole playing. What's Going On album. I was bumping down the window. That's Toronto. what I was playing. Yeah. Before that though, yeah. it was straight Slipknot. Okay. Metallica. Uh-huh. So I went from Slipknot and Metallica yeah. to mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Again, the buffet trade was on fleek. The, the, <laughs> the buffet was acting all wild, man. We, yeah. we, we, we were jumping from dish to dish. But yeah. it, it, it was like, and again, with Chance, what I like about it is because it's different, and ultimately, I feel the music when I hear it. Yeah, and that's what matters to me. The same way how like I could feel Marvin Gaye, what's going on, or I yeah. feel Slipknot. It doesn't matter what I'm listening to. It just matters how this music makes me feel yeah. and what emotions and ideas it imbues me with. You know what it is for me, man. And like I feel like the feeling that a lot of people get when they listen to Chance, 
I'm not getting that feeling. Fair enough. And and I feel like I'm kind of getting left out of the conversation in, yeah. in, in a sense because I'm trying to understand what people are, are feeling as far as like what he's bringing. Like I, I love the energy. I love the, the the concepts, but just the delivery is what's throwing me off. Because listening to guys like when they first came out like Kanye, I got that feeling. Mm. With Lupe Fiasco when he first came out with Food and Liquor, I got that feeling. Yeah. Even with Wally with his earlier mixtapes, like when he brought in the go-go sounds like that hadn't mm-hmm. been heard in hip-hop before and also the concepts and what have you. Hadn't gotten that before. But with Chance... I haven't really gotten that feeling, basically. I think you also got to put in into terms and context of, like, the landscape of music. Like, Chance came out at a time when Chicago's drill scene was real big. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what helps him be distinguished Stand as out, well yeah. is because look at all the rappers around him they're all drill time rappers yeah. who like and I think that's why people feel him is just because more so than anything he's the alternative and then like if immediately if you present an alternative you're mm. immediately going to attract a certain demographic that mm-hmm. isn't with the status quo exactly because let's for argument's sake let's say the status quo in, L- in Chicago is the drill time scene mm-hmm. And then Chance comes in there saying, yeah, I'm not going to be part of that drill time scene. I'm going to differentiate myself. I will respect and admire that drill time stuff. Yeah. But I'm going to go do my more gospel-y stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes people appreciate that is the fact that when you come out of Chicago or what a lot of kids like to call Chirac nowadays, Mm -hmm. to have something that's so different from everybody else out of Chirac at the moment with the drill music mm-hmm. is what makes people might be appreciated or as you say overhype it a little bit who mm-hmm. knows but who's to say exactly uh, ladies and gentlemen listening at home or watching at home what do y'all think hit me up on twitter at dm underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts uh, let's go and jump into the next topic now speaking with it. the Grammys actually uh, one of the people that we uh, mentioned as far as uh, Grammy nominations are concerned was Schoolboy Q mm-hmm. so now Schoolboy Q uh, his album's being nominated uh, um, and basically, he made a statement uh, on um, Zane Lowe on Beats One Radio stating that he would not attend the Grammys, basically. Um, so he put out a statement while he was on that radio show, and it goes as followed, end quote. Uh, he says, in regards to the Grammy nod, the rapper says, with me just being nominated, I won. And then, of course, he went on to kind of further elaborate on on his decision, basically. And he, and he said... In regards to Kanye and Drake and, and whomever, he said, quote unquote, none of them are street rappers. Rap music came from the streets. Not knocking them. I love Chance's music. I love Drake's music. I love Kanye's music. I'm a fan. They never want to acknowledge the other part. But the fact that 50 Cent, Nas, Tupac never won a Grammy, Biggie never won a Grammy, why do artists like us never win a Grammy? So based on that statement, what do you think of his decision to kind of not go, basically? I, I get what he's saying i think if anything it's uh he may it sounds like he's feeling somewhat either neglected or not properly acknowledged mm-hmm. like hey like um i remember uh i think it was uh bun b who said it you know everybody wants to rap about the a side to the game but forget about the b side mm-hmm. and it sounds something similar to what schoolboy q's saying is like yo all these rappers want to like you know rap about everything that's not going on in the street mm-hmm. and get label the best rapper in the world and then they neglect I don't know the B-side that mm-hmm. Schoolboy Q likes to touch upon and then he feels like hey this is where this sound originated from mm-hmm. for you to turn a blind eye to it mm-hmm. and then um, acknowledge and appraise something else mm-hmm. that is spawned from what we do mm-hmm. 
is like a backhand maybe. So maybe he's maybe feeling slightly disrespect. So I could understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, with rap nowadays, how I feel about it is it's like I see so many because like I said, I was a rock kid who got into rap. I see so many parallels with rap right now where where rock and hair metal was in the late 80s, early 90s, where mm-hmm. all for the... On a, I'd say all contemporary music comes from black music, mm-hmm. gospel, blues, and jazz. Yeah. Okay. And then from blues, you had rock and roll. Mm-hmm. When you and then it got popularized into mainstream when you had white guys like Elvis and of the course. Beatles playing it. Yeah. Um, to where it became uh, black people used to only do it was a, it was a southern bl- black thing to where it became a white everywhere thing. Yeah. Um, but then from the original blues to the classic rock it then started if those are the roots then you have branches start spreading where you now after elvis you had the beatles and the stones and then you had zeppelin and hendrix and then you had sabbath Mm -hmm. and then you have all these different genres start yeah evolving out of that original root where you have punk rock Mm -hmm. hard rock classic rock yeah heavy metal hair metal, all these many different genres where the same thing happened with, with rap rap. If it all started with the sugar Hill gang Mm -hmm. and and the cold crush brothers and all that stuff. And the message with grandmaster flash, Mm -hmm. it then, uh, it just sprouted out in different directions and and evolved to where we had NWA give us, uh, you had NWA and Dilla soul at the same time. Yeah, giving exactly. us two totally different styles. Yeah, two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you gangster rap, and then you had your Native Tongues movement. It's like two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. But we'd all call it rap and exactly. hip-hop. Yeah. So it's the, I think that's the thing with, like... But then I think it's at the point now, though, where it's just like... Uh, I think school was like, yeah, but you a lot of these dudes aren't even rapping anymore. Where it's just like, okay, I get it. There's so many different subgenres, but like, how do we even categorize what's a rap subgenre anymore? Yeah. Where it sounds more like R and B now. <laughs> yeah, I, I this is the thing with, with school with Q's statement. Like, I don't mind him, you know, saying that he's not going to go to the Grammys. That's totally his choice. Um, him acknowledging the fact that he's quote unquote one just by being nominated. You know, fair enough. Cool. Basically, it's an accomplishment. Um, I I just don't think that. It almost sounds as though he's kind of boxing himself in into the sense where he's it. Of course, he's not trying to throw shade, mm-hmm. but basically, he kind of sounds somewhat passive aggressive when he's like, "Oh, these guys always get nominated and win, but how come we don't don't win?" Basically, but he did bring up a good point by the fact that guys like uh, Biggie Smalls and Nas never won a Grammy, which to me boggles my mind even to this day 50 cent not winning a grammy ja rule not winning a grammy even though he topped the charts for like three years in a row straight i'd like to know who won every year these guys exactly yeah and it's always good to go back and learn who nominated who got nominated who won etc etc um i just think that he he shouldn't cross into the territory of hating on someone who is within another subgenre of rap because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day like you said it's still rap it's still all-encompassing in in that regard so i feel like his comments you know, they could be misinterpreted, but I know what he's trying to say. Also, he could be scorned by the fact that Kendrick Lamar, someone who had an amazing rap album in Good Kid, Mad City, got passed over by someone who was more pop-friendly in that Crystal regard. Holds some grudges. Exactly, yeah. So maybe that could be his form of silent protest. Um, but yeah, again, with that with that statement that he made, he, he kind of wants to tread lightly on that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm even shocked that his album got got nominated because it sounds like he's not the type of rapper who would even be looked at by the Grammy committee. So at least, you know, like you're saying, good for him on that. You know, he won in the sense where he mm-hmm. got nominated. But again, he wants to tread lightly on a statement, in my personal opinion. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you know, like even with the Grammy, I want to know, like, what the com- who's in the committee and what they how they categorize what the criteria of a genre is nowadays. I just feel like it's a bunch of people who are out of touch, who don't really know what it is when it comes to hip-hop, so they just kind of go and see who's topping the charts right now, and they just select it's that like, I feel like, at sometimes I feel like there are a bunch of guys who grew up listening to jazz and now trying to tell us what good rap is when they grew up listening to nothing but Chick Corea and Miles Davis. Exactly. It's like, how are you going to tell me what good rap is if you only listen to, like... You know, John Coltrane and freaking exactly Miles Davis. You you can't tell me who the Sugar Hill Gang is, but you yeah. can tell me who the best rapper rap album this year exactly. was. Exactly, like, it's all antiquated. I think what they should do, they should get z- executives who have worked within hip hop. So get L.A. Russell Reed, Simmons get, should be on the damn course. Grammy committee for best rap. Album. Exactly. Throw get, Russell Simmons. Throw Rick Rubin on that. Of course. And of if course. we're talking, all right. Yeah, Kevin Lyles in there as well. Digressing. If there's a producer that I want to work with in my life, it's Rick Rubin. Of course. Because he's worked with all my favorite musical acts in both the rock and metal genres. Yeah, he's one of the most influential names in music. He's the man. He he co-created Def Jam, basically. He's the man. Yeah. But yeah, like they should get a committee that that knows about rap and hip-hop, basically. That way it can be be debated within those boardrooms as to who should get what award as, as far as the nominees are concerned, rather than just picking up like random hats out of a draw basically yeah. that's what it comes across as mm-hmm. but nonetheless ladies and gentlemen what do you guys think hit me up on twitter at dm underscore cool underscore reader to share your thoughts and we got one more topic to break down before we get into the flashback friday the track of the day but nonetheless we gotta get into this last topic and this one comes by way of yet another nominee within the rap category which is our own jizzy drake so he made headlines because at a concert in london he kind of had a bit of a con game moment decided to take a break to kind of rant what was on his mind and he basically decided to give a big uh but subtle f you to the current president of the united states donald trump so this is what he said and i quote for some reason in my room they've got the tv set to cnn every day i wake up i see all this bullshit going on in the world people trying to tear us apart people trying to make us turn against each other so tonight my proudest moment isn't selling tickets or having people sing my songs my proudest moments if you take a look around this room you'll see people of all races in all places um he said show love celebrate life more life and more music if you ever thought for a second that any one man is going to tear this world apart you're out of your motherfucking mind it's on us to keep this shit together fuck that man so clearly he's talking about trump we don't even need to dive into that but what is your take on on that statement right there um, it, it sounds like the underlying message is unity, and I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it sounds like it, the underlining theme of all that. What he was trying to say was, you know, strength comes in unity and yeah. uh, diversity. Um, what, what's the Toronto thing? Strength, uh, diversity is our strength. Something like that, yeah. So yeah, I agree with it, man. Yeah. Um, I I have no qualms with anything he said. And, yeah. Like I'm all about, uh preaching tolerance, acceptance, diversity, and Mm -hmm. understanding. I think um, the biggest problem, at least in the world today, is people are too quick to uh, jump to conclusions and have their... They don't want their beliefs questioned, Mm -hmm. and they already set in their belief system. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I know, for example, you know, I know I grew up... 
my neighbors are um, Muslim. So mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Trump and the and the travel ban. Sure. And um, I live on a street with nothing but Catholics and Muslims. And you know who are the nicest people to me on my street? The most hospitable and the one who always have an open door willing to give me food whenever I'm hungry? Mm-hmm. The Muslim. Muslim neighbor. Yeah. Will take me in every and, and so much so that like she wants me to refer to her as Mossy, which is like aunt mm-hmm. in uh, their in know, their culture, I guess. And um, you know, and like I come from a, a biracial uh, parents, mm-hmm. and so diversity was always something that just was natural for me. I mean, to go against diversity would be to go against my very identity mm-hmm. so it makes no sense to me so drake's message at that show was hey i see a diverse crowd and mm-hmm. i'm proud of it i would be too yeah absolutely and drake being of a mixed background as well like it would be right of him to say that exactly. and not that he has to but i can actually appreciate the fact that he is becoming a bit more socially uh 